it, it's not so much that life has a purpose, it's more that the purpose is intrinsic to what existence is. Because when I look at what existence is, I think it's the realization of new potentials all the time. So every moment realizes something that's never happened before. And then if you understand this evolutionary story, like I said, you know, that we've come from hydrogen to this, that's been a process of 13.8 billion years of realizing new things, new things, new things, new things. Everything that's in existence has come into existence. So I think what existence is, is the realization of potentiality on ever more emergent levels. That's what it is. Hello and welcome into another edition of Chi Time, your conscious living show with me, Clara Apollo. And as you know, those of you who are regular listeners and viewers, that Chi is a really fascinating topic for me, my natural energy and yours as well, and how we use that for ourselves and, and also in the world that we live in. And today I am joined by a chap who I know is also fascinated by Chi and other topics to do with that consciousness he, he is indeed a Gnostic philosopher Tim Freak is with us he's an into emergent um, spirituality as well and has written so many books on the topic in fact I've got one of them here which is my favorite so it's just the soul story book which not only has he got you know heaps of like wisdom that has really been percolated down so that we can understand it and take it on board although I must say I do pause for times after reading some of this and let it kind of settle in but I also love the way that he plays with words so one of his classics is the paralogical thinking and now he's come up with another new word called individualism have I said it right Tim anyway let's welcome Tim in and get him to thank um, you yeah no it's the word the word you've what you've done is you've gone for the, the familiar word which is that it's based on so we oh, have the word right. we have the word individual obviously and we are in a period of, we've been through a period of intense individualism in which we've become much more individual. We're all, you know, look at me, I've got this t-shirt on because, you know, it kind of, it's fun. You wear that. We're all different. You go back a hundred years, most people are all wearing the same clothes, you know, depending on what class you're in. I love it looking at, you know, everyone who's, who's in the working class got a cloth cap, everyone's middle class got a bowler hat, everyone who's upper class got a top hat. And that's, that level of individualism has exploded over the last century. And, and it's been a great thing. We've, we've become more conscious. We've thought for ourselves. You don't expect everyone to just believe the same thing because they, they live in the same culture. You know, you can, you can live in, in this country and you can be a Buddhist or you can be a secular or you, anything. And that's all new. But I've, what I've wanted to do, Clara, is go, look, I, I, that process of evolution, which has made that happen, that's not over. It's still, it's still going on. And I, and it seems to me it's coming into a new phase. So I've coined this new word, which is uh, univigil. I think individuals are evolving into univigils. And it does sound a funny word until you've said it a few times and then you, it's Yeah, I think, I think what happened was I've been practicing saying the words and then it came out the old way. So <laughs> like, it is these, these new words that are linked to old words, like your paralogical thinking. It's so like yeah. paradoxical. And like this univigilism is, you know, it's nothing to do with Unilever. Let's be clear here. It's nothing to do with Unilever. That is completely correct. <laughs> but as you're saying that we're continually evolving and your fascination with this emergent spirituality and, you know, where are we evolving to and what is the consciousness that's driving us? And, and you know, all these questions that, I mean, I guess you ask yourself and then you, you pull them forward and it, and it comes out in reams of interesting um, 
word. So how did you get to this? Is it, did it just spring in one day or has it been a gradual thing? Uh, well, no, it's been decades of working on it. And I think the, the whole idea of the individualism of the individual was wanting to, well, when I coin a new word, which obviously you know, I, I do a fair bit because I have to, because there's no word for it yet. It's why every new word gets coined. And what I wanted was a word which describes an individual who is awake to oneness, who's awake to unity. And for me, that's a individual. Now, the idea of waking up to this profound oneness is a very old spiritual idea, um, which has been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. But the traditional understanding is that it's done by getting rid of your individuality. You reject your the human self, the individual, the ego. You push that away and then there's this oneness. My experience now is that that's not true, that actually we wake up through the individual. So I wanted a, a way of saying, look, your individuality is a beautiful, precious thing. Become more individual. I love the fact that you're you and not me and you have your own way of seeing. You're literally the universe looking at itself from a unique perspective. It's what you are. So that's wonderful. And then keep going, and then you see, well, you see that. You, see, you know, at the moment, you know, on a superficial level, I see, oh, I'm Tim with a unique perspective on the universe. And then when I take a step into my individuality, I see, oh, I'm the universe looking at itself through Tim. And that's this step into this next, uh, next level of evolution, and it, which is really taking off right now. And I think we need to name it, and we need to engage with it because it, it's what we need, what needs to happen. Absolutely, naming it. Um, it's actually taking me back to the Daddy Ching, and that was one of the, the first book that you did a, um, a translation right. of, isn't it? My very first book. Yeah, and, and that, that behind us, all the universe experiencing itself through this world of the 10,000 things, although it's definitely more than 10,000 now, but, but it is that, that we need the individual components to hone their particular essence and uniqueness to then be part of a more evolved whole yeah absolutely i, I mean what science has shown us now and I, I i write a lot about this is that we're in a we're in a process this is not you know we're, everything is a process i'm a process Every, the whole universe is a process and it's about 10 billion years old and it's evolved from very basic matter i mean 10 billion years ago the universe was pretty much just hydrogen now it's evolved into you and me talking about the universe. That's a hell of a journey. And that journey is continuing. And the next step, I think, is that through us as individuals, the universe can become conscious that it is the universe. And that's this big jump. And I, I, it's not just happening in, it happening in this spiritual way. I think it's happening in very simple and obvious ways as well. There's a huge expansion of compassion happened over the last few decades. Enormous. So that now a lot of people care about human beings on the other side of the world they'll never ever meet who are suffering when there's a famine or a war yeah, people's people care mm. and previously in history they didn't uh, of course they often didn't know but even when they did know when they were their neighbors next door they didn't care because they cared about their own tribe not not these other people they're the other that's changed and now we have this sense no we're all human beings that's mm. the level of unity which has really come in massively. And then with the natural world, you know, with, there's interspecies compassion. We care about other species, species who would actually tear us to shreds, like you know, polar bears and tigers. But we care because we sense, no, 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 
we are we, human beings are one species in this huge ecology of life and we care about all of it and that's a huge new development and then behind it in smaller numbers but significant there are so many more people today than when i started going out talking 20 years ago who are experiencing something of this oneness have had some experience or want to they know what it means and my experience is that i can lead people into it very very quickly and then through the individual there's this profound sense of connection communion and and with that love because it it's not an abstract thing it feels like love because love is how the oneness how the oneness feels yeah oh absolutely and anyone that's been to an experience of um Tim and his stand-up philosophy or his deep, deep awake, deep dives or retreats will know you are a real artist when it comes to guiding us. You create such a safe space that is so well, it's almost like well-oiled with all the information that you have that it, it just makes sense when you speak so that we're able to accept that within ourselves. So thank you for that, Tim. Well, it's a delight. I mean, I, I love the philosophy because it helps us understand and it's clear. The, the heart of it is actually having the experience. The heart of individuality is you actually experience, oh God, I, I really am a individual. I am an individual expression of the universe, conscious of being the universe. That's, that's where you want to get to. And that is a beautiful, beautiful and empowering too. That's what I love. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't, it makes you more you. You just feel like, okay, the whole universe is behind me. I can contribute something. I can bring something to life. And so has this awareness of the um, individualism come from these deep retreats that you've done with people finding their way as individuals and together? Has that been part of it? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's come from two places. One is that, and one is my, you said, you know, I, I ask a lot of questions of myself and I do. So I'm, I'm always asking difficult questions. That's, that's, I think, what it is to be a philosopher and, and looking for the deepest answers. So what's happened over the last 20 years, Clara, as you kind of know, is that I've put together what would be, if it was old, a spiritual tradition, because there's a whole way of seeing the world, which is emerging still, it's still fresh and new. And then there's, there's a lot of practices to help you actually experience these depths. And what I've wanted to do is tie them up with a bow and go, okay, this is, I'm gonna give this a name, so it's not just to do with me, because then it can be to do with you. And I'm gonna call it Univigilism, because right now it's all about helping explain and support the next evolutionary jump which is into individualism and and i just did a ted talk in berkeley the biggest tedx in the world and i ended that with this thought which i think is important which is also alongside that just in our understanding of reality i think we're on the verge of a massive jump into this new and individualism is my attempt to help make that jump and i think we'll look back and the change will be as great as the emergence of science was three to 400 years ago. And if you look at the effect that's had, I think the next, you know, it didn't end with that. That wasn't like we've arrived. It's, no, it's never like that. There's another big jump in our understanding coming. And when it happens, it will unite spirituality and science together. And human evolution will just take off in a whole new way. Well, this is so happening with um, the... Uh, the quantum field and all the quantum mechanics and the working with neuroscience and people understanding that they can make a difference to their conditioned habit patterns and they 
they they can prioritize where they want to put their minds and they can engage with huge compassion for people who are in a different situation from them it does feel to me like in my years that i've been on the planet and look, looking at this that the conscious awareness is the thing that is occurring that's behind all of these topics that you're talking about people are waking up the deep awake state indeed yeah yeah they they are clara i mean you know i, I, I don't want to yeah we've also got a long way to go but it is but it is happening and i think a few things need to fall into place this is my take on it is i think if, if we need to the, the the biggest thing in the way is that spirituality is not ready for the job yet science has been evolving and doing really really well it's given us internet it's given us everything you know it's done fantastically spirituality is a bit stuck in the past and it needs to shape up. And that's my job as a spiritual philosopher. It feels my job is to make it shape up. So its ideas are strong enough and clear enough that it can actually come together with science. And that's, that's just beginning. You know, most of the attempts at the moment are one-sided. They come from spirituality, claiming things like quantum physics from science, not really from many scientists. So we need to, it's still, it, it, but if that, if we can do that, if we can shift, if we can come across with a clear form of spirituality, which is heart-centered, but also intellectually clear and robust, that will be the moment that the change occurs. And we're not there yet. We're still, still kind of a bit of a mess. And, and so that's, that has to happen first. And if we can make that happen, then, then, then it will, then it will be an exponential. Wow. Yeah, no, I get this. So the, um, cause being a Gnostic philosopher yourself and scholar, indeed, um, it's looking at, I'm assuming that you were looking at the common denominators between the different religions and spirituality. Yeah. So this is, this is why we need the, the clarity, isn't it? So there's so many different factions in spirituality, but uh, sorry, spirituality. So that it's, it's having the clarity of one's own connection to spirit and how that is similar to somebody else's, but not in dead of or do you think we all do need one one paradigm that we're working with i think we need to get beyond this kind of relativism where it's like well you have your own reality and that's your truth it's like really you know it's like that's not strong enough that's a cop-out it's like let's look together for the truth now everyone is going to have a different perspective on everything because we're individuals and that's how it should be that's fine but nevertheless, the great, the, what science has done, which has been so powerful, you, know, you don't see two scientists going, oh, well, that's your truth. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to, you know, one of us is right, one of us is wrong. And now spirituality is not the same. There is a more subjective component. And you can certainly, you know, like, like a bit more like, you know, the fact that you like some music and I like other, that doesn't mean one of us is wrong and one of us is right. There's, there's a personal component and that is more in spirituality. But nevertheless, there is, a, there is also a need to not just, just relativize everything because, and have no value. We need to be willing to question and, and not to be frightened to disagree, just, but to disagree in love. I've been having these fantastic conversations with philosophers in which we can agree and disagree. And that way you move things on and we don't have to be frightened or feel put down. If someone goes, does that, does that, does that idea make sense? Because if we can come up with a better idea, we're all richer. Things are better. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so right of listening to what other people have to say. But you've also brought up a topic that we have in common, which is our love of music. And I think it is time that we go to your first track now, if you yes. would. So what have you chosen for us and why have you chosen it, please? Well, uh, it's naturally easy and I don't know anything about the track apart from um, I heard it uh, taking ayahuasca and I loved it. And after the experience, um, I wanted to find the, the, the piece of music and I found it and, uh, and I adore it. And I think it's good even when you're not taking ayahuasca. So it's a, it's a beautiful, poignant, heart-centered, tender piece of music with a strong South American feel. Yeah, he vive 
Wow, what do you think of that track, Naturaliza by Dannett? Yeah, it just really touches me. Always, it's beautiful. There's something haunting about it. Really, but I think music does. It touches parts in me. I don't need. To, I remember being on the dance floor back back in the day when everyone was popping their ears and everything, and I just wasn't interested. It was the music that was taking me and. And okay, I, I, I couldn't dance past like 2.30 in the morning or something, but um, <laughs> that was a long time ago. I think it would probably be about 10.30 at night now. But I, I use, I, you know, to balance out the philosophy uh, as much, you know, in a way, I guess, my retreats, my deep awakenings, I use a lot of music to yes. take people into the deep wake state, a lot. And, yeah. and, and, and I'm constantly looking at what particular thing any piece of music does. I, I used to be a musician. It's a, 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 it's a magic, total well, magic. It is. It's another language, and um, and you you share that. You share that as it's coming through the waves, and we're absorbing it into our, our bodies, and then it, and we can express it through movement, or we can be in stillness with it, or it can just help our monkey minds um, settle. And actually, I was going to bring up because you're wearing your monkey T-shirt here, and uh, your recent TED talk was called "Are We Clever Monkeys or Immortal Souls?" and it was nearly pulled, wasn't it? Tell us a story about that. What happened? Well, it, yeah, it was. It's controversial because yes. you know TED is a very mainstream organisation. Um, I, I was the I was speaking at this huge. I mean, fifteen hundred people, and uh, I did. I really was careful to to speak as a philosopher and not say anything which could be um, misconstrued, and just to offer some possibilities to be contemplated. But TED is a very conservative kind of. There's a there's a there's a scientific fundamentalism uh, and it, and they flagged the video it was you know regarded as woo-woo as something which was and i and and what's disappointing is they refused to tell me why or how i could apply well they just haven't replied so um it's a complete mystery to me and to the organizers who feel like you know there was nothing so i think it's probably just some some process in ted to try and limit the limit these ideas um, and it's and it's kind of interesting because what it shows is what you're up against and what you're up against is this rigidity oh anyone who talks about immortality the idea that that my whole pitch was look we can it, it is perfectly rational for these reasons to think about the immortality of the soul within an evolutionary context that works with science it's a big claim and i did it only as because i only had 20 minutes in a general sort of way but that, for them, that was already too much. You, you can't even suggest that. That is just wrong. And that's a closeness, which is against the whole spirit that's made science great. That is so weird, though, isn't it? Because with this, um, the advent of being able to contact anybody anytime through this fan fantastic medium, it's just getting kind of all these boundaries around it, as you say, closed-mindedness. And um, Yeah, it, 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 it's a shame. Anyway, they haven't banned it. It's still available. No, so you can still go out and, and watch it. And actually, of course, what's happened, Clara, as soon as I told everyone, hey, they flagged this, they might ban it, far more people went and watched it. Yeah, so, working it in your favour. So maybe it's a blessing. And also, whoever banned, banned it would have been triggered by it. And if it was, if they were triggered, then, then you know that you're getting to some lessons deep within them and some gold will come for them from that. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. One would, yeah. One would hope, any, anyway. So this radical shift of the understanding of science and spirituality and getting that, how they're actually not that different, really, because it's sort of about how we're evolving as a, as a human being, or as a spiritual being having a human experience on the earth and what our purpose is, you know, what is the purpose for us being here? Is one of the questions that you ask a lot. Is what is the purpose of life? You know, how far have you got with that one, Tim? Uh, I think 
I've got quite far. Um, I didn't think I would 30 years ago, but I think I have something to say. It seems to me that what's been happening, it, it, it's not so much that life has a purpose, it's more that the purpose is intrinsic to what existence is. Because when I look at what existence is, I think it's the realization of new potentials all the time. So every moment realizes something that's never happened before. And then if you, if you understand this evolutionary story, like I said, for, you know, that we've come from hydrogen to this, that's been a process of 13.8 billion years of realizing new things, new things, new things, new things. Everything that's in existence has come into existence. So I think what existence is, is the realization of potentiality on ever more emergent levels. That's what it is. And it's been happening for all that time. So the purpose is inherent to it. It's to realize more emergent potentials. So we're right at the cutting edge of that. We're, we're, we, this is where it's got to. It's got to you and me experiencing this thing we call psyche or soul is the traditional name, this non-material realm of ideas and visions. That's, what, that's where it's come to. That's the latest thing. So it seems to me our job is to realize our most emergent potentials in that realm as souls. And we're doing it right now. And, and that's what we need to do. That's, 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 that's what this is that we're in. This, we, we are doing it, folks. We're doing it. I'm going to drink a cup of tea to that. Cheers, Tim. What have, what have you got in your teacup today? I've got Earl Grey tea, which I live on a drip feed of. Do you? I'm on my lean match of green because I want to keep myself sharp for these kind of interviews. And my lovely little mug with little thrushes Yours on it. Yours is nice. Yeah, yeah, very, very cute. On mine, just a little pattern. Mm. I need a monkey mug, don't I, like this? That would be nice. Yeah, but you've got a... Yeah, you do a monkey mug. That would be so good, wouldn't it? We are well, more than just uh, clever monkeys indeed. But also Chi Time, Tea Time, bringing us back to the present moment of realising what we actually have right now. You know, and it's not this sort of destination that we're going for. It's this potential in the now moment that is so exciting. The oh. thing about the now is it's where all the opposites coexist. So in this moment right now, there's a coexistence, it seems to me, of everything that's ever happened and everything that could happen exists now. This moment is only this moment because of everything that's happened before it. And so implicitly within it is the past of everything. You know, you and I, we're meeting here, I'm meeting everything you've ever experienced and you're meeting everything I've ever experienced. We're, we're made of the past, everything is. So that's it all here. And then there's the potentiality for everything that could come from this. And those are always in the moment, always. And like, you know, just like the, in this moment, we're individuals. There's Tim and Clara, two unique, different individual human beings. And yet also there's one universe. Well, of course there is. We are the universe. What else could we be? And we are the universe looking at itself. Of course we are. And that's also true. So all of these paradoxical opposites, they all coexist in the moment. And that's why when you look at the moment, you just go, wow, that's incredible. It is. An, it's like a multidimensional, multifaceted experience all in the now. Is that why it's so rich and big? And, but it's so easy to overlook and dance through and, 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 and you know, all the distraction technologies that we have to stop us from being in the present moment here and now. And yet yeah. that is the key place. That's the only place we actually really know, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we, it's difficult to know what we mean by that sometimes because it's like you could be with the technology in the present moment. I mean, you are already, you know, there's nowhere, you know, because, and what is the present moment? I mean, again, it feels like when I wrote my book, How Long Is Now, which you probably remember, it's an old book. 
what I looked at with that was, oh, hang on, there's, t there's a paradox to time, which is on the one hand, the moment's a continual flow, isn't it? There's a flow happening. We've been flowing. It's, you can never catch a moment. There is no moment. It's just a flow of change. And then there's something which doesn't change. There's, a, there's something formless, there's a, which we experience like it's the witness of the moment. And it's just there. And there's something, so there's time and the timeless in the moment. That's what makes the moment eternal and completely fleeting. And it, both of those coexist. It's, it's very rich. Yeah, so I, what we mean when we say we get caught up in things is we just get into the fleeting. And a lot of awakening is like, oh, the fleeting's great, actually, but also be aware that there's the always now. There's this eternal timeless thing, too. So wake up to that, and then you're, you're in both. See, that point has been really helping me recently with um, there's so much going on, as I'm sure there is for a lot of you out there listening to this yeah. as well. And, 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 and for you as well, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it's how we manage that. And, but what's helping is to have the space away after a task, take a step back, either try and get my feet on the true planet surface, breathe for at least five minutes, and just be with that. And there's still this whole evolving um, part of me that is going on no matter whether I get all my tasks done or not. And it's that realization that gives me great comfort, actually, of like, it's okay, you know, if you don't get the end of your task list, you're still going to be all right, love, you know? That's brilliant, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and we're all in that, you know. I'm we sitting are all here in that. on my screen over here is all the tasks I have set for today. Yeah. And, and, and all of that's great because it means we're engaged with life. But like you said, to miss the magic, to miss the moment, to miss that right now, two conscious beings who are alive for a short period getting the chance to connect with each other and then through this magic that you have set up touching a whole lot of other people in and who will listen to this later who will be able to connect with us and us with them via and that's magic beautiful and that between us we might just lift lift the world a little bit in a little bit more conscious a little bit more love and send out a ripple of goodness that's that's you don't want to miss that do you? oh i love that little ripple of goodness coming out of, of chi time with tim yeah Fruit. For sure. Um, and so from this kind of sense of what we can um, create as a whole community, as individuals, um, with what it's bringing to mind is, is the environmental crisis that we're all dealing with at the moment and how, you know, the whole, we're in plastic free July at time of recording this, for instance, only I hope that's going to be plastic free forever, because, you know, not just for one month, it's like, dog isn't just for one month, plastic free is not just for one month either. Um, but that when we can work together like this, there's a heartening, there's a, there's a hopefulness, there's a, there's a real call to action. And do you think that, the environmental catastrophe that's occurring actually is the big wake-up call to humanity. I hope so. Um, you know, I hope so. It, it is... We don't know what's going to happen. No. It's creative. We don't know. We don't know how... We don't know, you know, it could be really bad. It could be not as bad as we feared. That's happened before. It could be everything. What we do know is that we must come into a better relationship with the natural world we know that we are now part of an ecology and our ancestors didn't. So what I see is that our ancestors faced a whole load of problems like uh, illness, uh, famine, uh, all those sort of things, infant mortality. And they've done really, really well with those problems. There is so much less 
famine, war, infant mentality has gone right down. Most kids get to school at some point, some, most for quite some time. Women as well as men, girls as well as boys. Huge, the world is so much better place than it was for our ancestors. Not that long ago, there's been a steady work on those intractable problems. But what's happened in the background is a whole new problem, which they knew nothing about, mm. has come up. And now our generation and the next generation, we need to deal with that. And we need to deal with it with the same creativity that they, they dealt with these other problems. And of course, those problems haven't gone away. Please don't get me wrong. We're still work in progress. There's plenty yet to do with poverty and all the rest of it. It's just better than it was. And we need now to take that optimism that human beings were able to make a difference. It wasn't just intractable. We have mm. reduced war, we have reduced poverty, we haven't eradicated it and we need to eradicate it, but we have reduced it. And now we need to say, bring the same determination and creativity. We need a sustainable, healthy relationship with the environment. And it's not just to do with global warming. Like you said, it's to do with plastic, it's to do hundreds of things. It's just we need to know that we are, we are the planet, we are the universe. You know, we need to be in harmony with ourselves. And, and that is, without doubt, the next big jump. And I'm sure that the environmental crisis will bring people's attention to it because it's going to be, become more and more obvious. Yeah, as you say, this is the next big jump, isn't it, around conscious awareness and that every choice you make can make a difference in the world. Nobody is powerless. We all have potential within us. <clears throat> Excuse me. We all have potential within us when we choose from our hearts and then when we connect up with others who are like-minded. I mean, look at the work of Extinction Rebellion, how they've really called people to arms. And of dear um, Greta Thunberg. I mean, you know, they're coming through these creative um, ways to be able to tackle the it, problems. It's because, I, mean, I, have, I mean, I was, before I was a philosopher, so when I was 30, I was a musician, and we were involved in doing music around the environmental crisis, which was just beginning to come out then. We did an album highlighting the message of the Kogi Mamas of Colombia, who are an indigenous tribe who came out of complete, uh, were, were totally reclusive. They had no contact at all with Western culture um, in South America, South, South American culture, um, and just announced that we were killing the planet and we had to stop and they, and they could tell from what was going on in their own environment and uh, their elders were saying this. So we, we put out that album. This is like, I'm 60 now, this year. So that's, this, this is 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, and, and the person I worked with then, Theo Simon, um, he's still doing, he's still out there. You know, he must be the most arrested musician on the planet, I should think, uh, still going and, and, and it's been plugging that. And, and it's great to see now that the work of all those people who've just been going, look, pay this attention, pay this attention, pay this attention, uh, is, is now making a difference and, mm. and, and is coming into the mainstream. Not, not quickly enough. Not seriously enough, but it, but it is. That's good. Right. I, I also feel, though, just to balance that out, Clara, because mm -hmm. one of the things for me is I do think we, we need to not have panic. And, and we, what, what we don't want is... One of, the, one of the problems is that often the very worst scenario is the one that gets in the news, mm -hmm. because that makes news. Oh, my God, India will be an uninhabitable in 20 years. News. Now, that could happen, and God knows how awful would that be. But that's that's the worst scenario there's also better scenarios it's not we're not you know if we think it's all finished we'll give in mm. but it's not all finished mm. it's not 
trying to predict what's happening with the weather is even harder than predicting what happens with the economy. You know, we just don't know. We, we can make reasonable guesses. So there's plenty of cause for optimism if we engage and we're careful and, we, you know, and, and the just fear, 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 fear doesn't, it's not helping. What we need is the facts, clear thinking, action. All together. Together, all together. As individuals, that's what as we need. individuals. And if if you want to that's find it. out more about um, Tim Freak and his individual, um, you've got an uh, haven't you got like an international community set up for this? Now? I have. I've set up <gasps> an international community of individuals, and it really is international. It's all over the world, and and uh, and we we meet up online and we do lots of stuff. You can see about it, and it shortens to the ICU. Okay. which I love because a lot of what I'm doing is saying let's connect let's really see each other because that's where you see that we're both separate and not separate we're individuals and individuals oh. so that's a beautiful thing yeah there's loads on my website videos about it and free stuff and I do free Q&A's and I do all sorts in, uh, you can all, it's all in timfreak.com and that's freak spelt f-r-e-k-e Correct. That's the, as long as you, it's such a weird name. If you Google me, you'll find me as long as you spell my name right. Okay, brilliant. Just back to the music again. Have you got another track that you might like to just share with us here? I have. And actually, I was just talking about Theo Simon. And this is, um, this is a track I wrote myself. Um, well, partly. Uh, and I got my friend Theo Simon, who I mentioned, who I used to make music with 30 years ago, who is now um, a, a political activist. And the singer in the band uh, Seize the Day, which is a kind of frontline protest Oaks band with his, with his wife, Shannon. Um, and I invited them in and said, hey, guys, will you, will you sing this for me? And they very kindly did. Because what uh, occurred to me one day, watching football, was seeing everyone singing the national anthem and just thought, this is an archaic national anthem about you know, the days of British imperialism, which really, you know, it's, we don't want to be singing this. But the chances of ever having a new anthem are, are slim. You know, it'd be lovely to think we could all have John Lennon's Imagine, but it's unlikely because it's embedded in us. This is our national anthem. But I thought what we could do is just write some new words to it. And then those who wanted to could just start singing the new words. And if it caught on and more and more people just started singing the new words, then the old words would just get forgotten. And then we would have this beautiful anthem, which is about community and love and affirming the real values of being of a particular nation without them being divisive and archaic. And so I wrote the words, and this is a recording of the individual new national anthem for our country. Tim Freak, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that and your inimitable uh, wisdom here with and us. Can, on can I just say, Clark, if people yeah, like it and they want to share it, go out yeah. to my YouTube channel. Okay. It's on the YouTube channel and then you can just share it with your friends, put it on social media, let people know it exists because, uh, and then start singing it. So the next time the national anthem comes up, sing these words instead. <laughs> I love it. I love your daring panache. Thank you so much for everything you do. <laughs> Go well, my friend, and keep your chi up too. Ciao now. Bye. Sing now for liberty. Sing for community. Sing loud for love. Sing with me and let our hearts be 
just one bringing the future on feeling our spirit strong sing loud for 